This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. Today, I am joined by serial entrepreneur and four times uh, software founder, Dan Cumberland. Dan, thank you so much for uh, for sitting down with me today. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It's just such a privilege to, to be with you here today. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Give a little bit of background just on where you come from and kind of what's brought you to this point in your career. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so um, I am a an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I I guess you, to 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 rewind and think about the earlier part of my career, there's a point at which mm-hmm. I decided I just kind of realized that I'm happiest when I'm I'm making things. Um, so I'd always have like personal projects and and always have just multiple things going on, multiple irons in the fire. And the way that that it's taken me a handful of different directions, but started a, a blog and podcast called The Meaning Movement. That's about started out really focused on work and helping people understand, think about how how we find meaning in, in work. But really has transitioned towards helping entrepreneurs avoid burnout and build businesses that that they love. And as I've gone about doing that, the kind of this took this side project, of course, because I always have multiple irons in the fire towards. Um, software. So got involved with a software company through a series of relationships, ran that for a few while, for, for a while, for a few years while I was doing the building the meaning movement on the side. That spun mm-hmm. off into other opportunities, other partnerships, and have launched, um, started launching software since then. So it's been a few years, uh, you know, in as a, a CEO of a small software company. And then the last few years has been been in launching, launching software. Uh, the most recent being VideoSnap, um, which we can we can talk more about all of that um, as we go, but that's that's the short short-ish version of uh, of uh, who I am and, and what I'm about in the world. Yeah, perfect. And I think like so many strategists and creators, um, I think a lot of a lot of our listeners will be able to re- relate to this, including myself. I'm not a technical person, and yeah. I had this conversation with a previous guest as well. Um, how were you able to break into the tech space and found those several? Uh, software companies without necessarily being yeah developer yes totally yeah yeah I think it's something that um, maybe comes a little bit naturally to me but I, I think that I, I've developed started developing some frameworks around it and it really comes down to to partnerships and one you know as I, I think back in my story my journey it's like one opportunity opens open to the next but all of those have always come through just uh, relationships and partnerships. So the way that, that has looked um, after I was I was running um, that one company that was owned by a, a, a private equity firm for a little while, was ready to kind of move on to my next thing. One of the other guys who was working at that at that company, he's a sales sales guy. He's a, one of my business partners in one of the ventures. Um, he is also not technical, but we started kind of thinking about what we wanted to do, what we could build. Had a lot of ideas around software, and that you know we started thinking about like, and we even tried. We funded it, bought brought a, a development shop in to build something they what they built didn't quite work 100 percent, and so we thought we need a different model for how we build and that mm-hmm. led us to basically just having conversations with people in our network one of our former clients um in we were running some sales uh sales doing some sales efforts for her and her company she uh was open to to building something with us and so she became our, our developer we've so we created one tool with her via you know so again because the short the short answer is partnerships and then most recently with um video snap had this idea wanted to wanted to build a, a tool for repurposing long-form speech-based content like podcasts like this into short-form viral ready um videos needed someone to come come 
come alongside to, to build this for us. We thought about funding it, self-funding it. Um, but all, all along the way, I, I guess one of my stances in life is just to give as much value and be as generous as I can with my time, with my insight. And had started building a relationship with a guy, um, Andrew Amen from 923, their development shop. Um, they're really a venture studio. It's more than just development that they do. And uh, he and I just built a relationship. It's all started with a Facebook post. We were in a Facebook group. He introduced himself to this to this group, just said, here's the things that I'm doing. And I don't even remember what sp like sparked it, but whatever he said, I was like, hey, let's jump on a call. And I like to just jump on calls with people that I feel like there could this could lead to something. I have no idea, but let's just be helpful, see if I can help help them. That ended up with Andrew and I, we just kind of kept up with each other every month or so. We'd jump on a call and I just built a friendship. And then that friendship, mm -hmm. once there were was opportunity and once there was was this idea that we needed someone to um, to come alongside us and partner with and, and build, we brought it to him and said, hey, this is what we're looking to do. Is this something you and your team would be interested in? At first, you know, it was like, well, yeah, we could, you could be a client and, and do this with us. And then we thought, well, what if we reframe it? What if we, you know, come in, come into this as kind of partners in, in the, in the, the project. So that led to, uh, led to VideoSnap. So that's really what like the, what it has all come back to for me is not, you know, not, not funding, not, you know, raising capital to, to implement these ideas, but finding the right people with the right mm -hmm. skills that complement the, the things that I bring to the table and then assembling the team and bringing a team around a, a concept to, to bring it into a, yeah, into fruition. Was VideoSnap your baby? Or... It, I, I definitely think of it as my baby. And so now we have uh, the, uh, the active projects that I have. I have Trust Scout, um, which my business partner, the sales guy I was talking about, Adam, um, he is kind of takes the lead on that. And then, but VideoSnap, I think, especially since I'm a podcaster, I'm creating long form content is kind of like a scratch your own itch. Um, product so in a lot of ways it is it is is my baby if you go to, to the to the website you'll see my face my story a little bit on the on the uh the um the, the home page um so yeah in a lot of ways it is so then when when you brought andrew on uh as a partner did, yeah. did he take equity in the company or yeah. was there a different uh agreement that you guys yeah, great question. Yeah, so he has he has a, a equity in, in the company. That's how we how we structured it. So we and then what we've done is we just basically since he's a, he, he runs a development shop, his his company has equity in in VideoSnap. That's not always you know it's not typically how they how they operate. And I've been doing some more you know um, consulting work with them for other clients, kind of continue to bring you know product my product expertise to them. So I'm pretty pretty familiar with how they how they run uh, at nine nine two three um, and. They so they have um, equity and then they get we you know the company VideoSnap gets um, access to their team at you know at cost. Um, so we we bill you know we bill VideoSnap for the for the development time that we we use just like we all of our team members. So we kind of at least two these teams that are combining to build this project and then those teams all build the, the company um, individually so that we can basically use use the resources that both both teams have to help build this new entity together. Cool. So can you kind of talk a little bit more about VideoSnap and you, you kind of alluded to the genesis of, of the product. Um, yeah. I guess what, what is your vision for it? And then I know you've, you've uh, scaled up fairly quickly in a short amount of yeah. time. You have 45 paying users yep. um, before it was 
before it was even live. Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, let me first describe it to you. It is a content repurposing tool for speech-based content, which you could think of that as turning a podcast into a TikTok video or a a talk or TED talk into a YouTube short. So um, the way the tool works, you upload a long form piece of speech-based content, um, like could be this interview here. The, The tool transcribes it so you can quickly go through and find those short moments and for for YouTube shorts for TikTok for most of these the the way that platforms are moving they're emphasizing short form video sometimes even 10 15 seconds so you want to find just a real well, real kind of hard hitting clip where it has just a strong aha moment or real good inspiration moment. Maybe something funny if comedy is your, you know, it's a comedy uh, podcast or something like that. Find that moment and just highlight the text and hit a button. The software then breaks that text into moments and then sources B-roll to go behind it, matching the, using AI to match the topics that are being talked about. If it's a video, the first moment will always be the person talking. We assume it's someone talking to the screen and then it's going to cut to other um, imagery that uh, fills out the picture of what they're what they're talking about to create a text over footage style video. So that's the concept. And so then what we did is as we were developing it, we got to, to where it was workable. You could think of it as a minimum viable product or or a beta. And then we started looking around at our network and saying, who has users who would be interested in this? And so even before we even had a full sales page, what we did was we built a, uh, a webinar sales sales presentation where I got on, uh, would, would go through some of the genesis of the idea, some of my struggles with getting my my podcast discoverable. Podcast in general, as I'm sure, I'm sure you know, it's hard to get new listeners. It's hard to find to get yeah. new new ears on your on your work. And so uh, I tried a handful of ways to solve that problem for myself, my own podcast. And that's kind of where this came from. I wanted to find a way to get my podcast, my content, the best moments of it into the places where where people are already listening, already, you know, spending time uh, and and started looking around at what, what other creators were doing, people who are really successful, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, anyone who, who um, is in the entrepreneurship game knows knows him. He's so prolific. But you, then you look about at, at how he's doing it. He has like a content team that's around just filming him, like doing all of his things. Yeah. And he's he's repurposing yeah. his his everyday talking, his coaching of his team into content. So then I started mm-hmm. thinking about how can mm-hmm. we do the same thing? So all that's to say, I looked around at, at, at um, told the story of here's the opportunity, here's what other people are doing, and here's the way that the platforms are all moving towards short form video. And with that combined, the way other authorities are leveraging their material, the way platforms are moving creates this massive opportunity around shorts. So presented all that kind of an educational standpoint, then went into um, here's here's the tool, here's how it works. And we sold it on an annual basis. So instead of just a one month, you know, monthly software subscription, they get an annual plan and they get three days of training where I'm hopping on with them, showing them live all of the ways that the, to use the tool, how to think about building a business around the tool, how to, how to land new clients if they want to, to use an agency model with the tool. All that is to say, we created a a robust sales presentation that then we went to anyone that we knew who we already had a relationship with, who has users who are content producers or are serving um, other other clients. So they have an agency, maybe they're um, ads management people, social media managers, and we set up a joint venture um, webinar with them. So what that means is we would do a training to their list of users, We'd give them 50% of all the sales that came in and um, we would get new users to, to get into our software uh, and they would make some money um, that they otherwise wouldn't be wouldn't be making. So that's how we, before we even had a sales page, before the, the, tool, the tool was live and it was functional, but we didn't quite know 100% who it was for. Uh, so, so yeah, as far as how we got our first 
users um, before we even had a, a website. What we did is we built a sales presentation and um, that was talked through all of the opportunity that we saw around um, you know, both the problems that I had with repurposing my content, as well as what, the, what we saw other experts doing, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, people who are, are so prolific on, on social media. And I really took a deep dive into how they're going about doing that and then showing that there's this opportunity that we could do that too. You could do that too with your content if you had the right tools. And then also how platforms are moving towards a short form video. And so there's this huge opportunity to take what you're already doing and get it into the places where the eyeballs are, where the, the platforms are putting lots of money and resources. Um, and then we invited them to to uh, show the showed the software, showed how it worked, and then sold it on an annual basis with a training uh, um, that comes along with it. So not only are they getting the software, but they're getting three days of intimate one-on-one, not one-on-one, but one, one to the group um, live training with myself, where I'm showing them exactly how to use the software, how to think about repurposing their content. And also if they want to serve other clients, you know, build a business around repurposing content for other people, how to go about doing that. So we did all of that. And then we started looking at, okay, who has an audience of people who are agencies, you know, maybe they're social media managers, ad agencies, et cetera, people who are serving clients that they could sell repurposing as a service or are content creators, business owners who could use a, use a hand um, getting their content out into algorithms where they can build more um, more followers and build their build their business. So with both those things in hand, we started looking around. We know a lot of other businesses because I've been in the in the software game for a little while, and started reaching out to them and setting up these joint venture um, trainings where we would split split the profits 50-50 with them. So they get their benefit to them is they their users get to see see something cool and new, um, hopefully something that'll benefit their business. And then that their business themselves, they make some money from, from doing the presentation. And by doing that, we were able to onboard um, almost you know, 50 users just by uh, before, while we were still, I guess you could say flying under the radar before we had a full website, before we had a landing page, before we had any kind of free trial. Because a lot of things that go into the software, free trial funnels, all of that stuff, many moving pieces allowed us to get those users, validate our idea, get people using the software and telling us the, what, what they wanted next with the software as far as features before we even had invested all the money that we needed to into building sales pages and building the whole you know, free trial funnel and all those kinds of things. Right. Yes. And you know, it's, you allude to a really important point there, you know, for any creator, for anyone online, like you we're in an era where you have to go beyond just a great product. You have to know, yes. you have to have an intimate understanding of marketing, of yes. how funnels work. And in your guys's case, you know, kind of at the intersection of video slash animation, podcasting and social media. So you have to yes. really, you know, educate yourself and use all of these kind of different, different points that are, that are key to, to scaling and, and growing a business, um, 100%. with regards to so, to social specifically, yes. um, what are some of the things that, that you want to share with people about how to build an authoritative brand on social without spending more time and getting caught up in that content web? Yes, that is such a good question. I think it's really easy to look at, to be really overwhelmed by social, right? Because there's so many channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you know, you name it. Uh, and then each channel even has different kinds of content from text posts to photos and images to to um, to, to video, long form video, short form video, all of it. So what, what I want to help people think about is how to go about creating more content that is engaging mm -hmm. um, without having to spend 
as much dedicated time creating specifically for each of those platforms. And I believe the answer to that is short form video. And that's why we've created VideoSnap to, to solve that problem. Yes, um, I agree. The way if you look at the the growth of the growth trajectory of platforms, you know, uh, cre creating the, the metaverse aside, all, all platforms are moving towards short form video. And I think it started with TikTok is probably, you know, just the the meteoric rise of, of TikTok. It's a great example of just how fast they've been able to acquire so many users. And what's so addicting about um, TikTok is how easy it is to just check in, to, to, to discover a new creator, right? You're in the feed, you see a video, you swipe to the next one, you see a video. You're not having to go search for any topics. You're not having to put anything in. The algorithm just does it for you. And I think that that's been, been leading the way with how growth is happening on all um, social media channels. YouTube Shorts is, the, I think, the next iteration of that, where you, in order for, for a video to show up as a YouTube Short, it has to be vertical, so optimized for mobile, and it has to be one minute or less. Again, for that short kind of uh, taster experience rather than a full-length video experience. So, and you think about what, from the standpoint of these platforms, like what are they trying to do? They're trying to keep people engaged, keep people using their platform so they can serve more ads, so they can make more money. In order to do that, it's better for them to have you engage in more different um, creators because then they're, they're, then your engagement in their platform is less reliant on a, on a fewer creators, but spread across a bunch of different creators. It's like, they're trying to become the, you know, the, the, the cable, the cable television uh, provider, not just a cable station, right? They want you to be, you know, in going there, getting, getting to get your, your, your hit of entertainment, your you know, good feelings, your um, engagement, all of those things from their network. And so what they're doing is, is creating ways for you to find more people to engage with, more people to follow, more people to get hooked on. Mm -hmm. and so as creators, we see this movement happening. We see that this is the direction every, every uh, platform is going. And there's a part of me that's like, I don't, I don't love that. That's, you know, I don't know that that's, that's good for humanity, but as a creator, I'm trying to I'm trying to improve people's lives through my content. And in order for me to improve people's lives through my content, I've got to get my content where they're spending time. If they're spending time on these platforms and these platforms are moving in this direction, I need to repackage my content into the, like, the kind of um, content that they're consuming, which is short, it's fast paced. Every few seconds, you have a different visual. You and and it's kind of it's punchy. You have a point of view. You say something strong, something that mm -hmm. uh, creates engagement, creates evokes a feeling, and then um, put it into put it into the algorithm. And that's really what we've been trying to do with with um, with VideoSnap. So anyone who's who's creating long form content, I invite, want to invite you to, to use that that lens as you think about your podcast or your talk or your webinar or whatever it is. All the content that you're already creating, think about what are those moments that you can just grab that are just 10, 15 seconds long and then package those in a way that will do do well with the algorithm. People want something new every few seconds to keep them engaged. So how can you make your content really engaging like that and put it into um, into the algorithm? Yes, and you know, um, I think I've always, I've always been a big proponent of long form content because that's the world that I grew up in when I started my career. And there definitely yeah. is a place for that. But people need to realize we are in the micro content revolution right now. Yes. And the power of short form video is potentially the greatest asset that you can leverage on social right now. 100%. And so if you're not thinking about it, right, you are missing out on a big strategic and tactical opportunity that could be, be a, a costly one to your business if not, if not used um, or at least experimented with. 
And 100%. so I, I love that you say it that way. Micro micro content revolution. That's such a yeah. good, such a good phrase. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that. So thank you. Thank you for that. Cause I a hundred percent, hundred percent agree. People need to be experimenting with this. There's so much, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a tidal wave that's, that's coming. It's passing us by. You either, you either jump on it and see where it takes you or yeah. you let it pass, pass you by and you, you miss out on, on the opportunity that comes along with it. So to, to that note on kind of missing out, right. I wanted yeah. to ask you having started four companies and worked with many others. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about like hidden million dollar mistakes that yes. entrepreneurs either make or miss when yes. they're nav navigating these realms. Oh, this is so good. Thank you for asking me about this because it's it's something that I'm, I'm super passionate about. I think when I think about the narrative about um, when you just think about mistakes that people make, uh, there, there's really the, the, the two paths that get the, that take, get the most attention, which are, you know, the VC, the VC funded path where the, the mistakes that, that people think about in that direction are, you know, maybe choosing the wrong, um, the wrong funding partner or, you know, poor ad spend or like those big and obvious things. And then the other side, the other path that's commonly talked about again, is the, the Gary V path, the hustle, the hustle culture path. Like you just outwork the next guy until you win. Um, and there's many other mistakes that come along with that. I think in both paths, as an entrepreneur, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is not attending to their pace, right? So we sell our souls to our VC, uh, to, to earning as much money as we can, growing as fast as we can, or we sell our souls to hustling it out and brute force entrepreneurship. And what results in that is that we end up sacrificing our ourselves uh, to a life that we don't love in order to gain a future that may never come that future is you know having a unicorn company or building your company up enough until you can step out and then actually you know relax for once but the problem is if we're not attending to the personal um the personal debt whether that's emotional, you know, uh, fatigue, relational fatigue, um, you know, you could th think about in terms of spiritual fatigue, the health costs of overworking yourself. If you're not going about building your business at a, in a sustainable way, personally, mm -hmm. that's going to be the most expensive mistake that you could make. Cause that out of that comes, you quit too early. You sell your business because you don't like it anymore. Your um, primary relationships fall apart. Your body f falls apart, and like the health consequences, you get you know you're, you're you live it. Un un once you once you lose your health, it's so hard so hard to gain that back. And okay. all of these things that we don't think about and talk about. In instead, we just talk about. Well, we talk about the strategy, we talk about the successes. And I think a lot of the narratives that the gurus sell us around entrepreneurship, I just want to push back on those and say, I think that there's a different way to build business that's really focused on your own well-being on a, as an entrepreneur and building a business that works for you, not just as a means to an end, yeah. but as a fun and enjoyable endeavor along the way. And if you're not in, able to enjoy it now, then you probably shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any personal stories uh, or anecdotes to share around burnout or yeah. um, stress or anxiety that have come as a result of mm. really pressing pedal to the metal and then how you've overcome those? Yeah, that is such a good question. The, the, yes, definitely do. It, it really happened earlier this year, early 2022, um, a, a handful of things happened all kind of at once. Uh, my, my grandmother passed away. 
uh, one of one of our businesses wasn't doing very well that we thought we we had a really really nice growth trajectory going into 2022 and then it kind of leveled out and took a trick took a hard dip and a business partner um, decided to step away to go on and pursue other opportunities and in the midst of all of that so you know kind of like this it felt like a perfect storm of, of my my personal life it just it was like this moment like what am I doing and is this actually what I want to be doing. And so it didn't, didn't manifest itself in my, in my, you know, in my life, thankfully, as, you know, a major um, health moment, at least not at that time. I have, I have had those before as well. Um, it didn't, or as a, you know, major relational fallout or anything like that, but more of like this personal, maybe existential question of like, is this really the path that I want to be on? Is this day-to-day the work that I'm doing, the sacrifices that I'm making, are they the right sacrifices? I have three kids, seven, four, and two. And I know that every moment that I'm spending building my business is time away from them. And so is that worth the trade-off? Mm-hmm. I know like to some degree, I've got to, you know, I've got to put food on the table. I've got to provide for them. I've got to pay my mortgage and, and you know, create a financial future for them. But at the same time, like, is this the right way to be doing it? Because there's, there's always a trade-off involved. And so yes. I had this kind of, uh, I don't know, awakening moment where I realized, okay, I need to rethink how I'm approaching my business. And what that meant for me was, was um, stepping back a little bit from some of my time on some of some of the the endeavors and then reinvesting in in new ways in the ones that I wanted to stick with and adjusting how I'm spending my time saying no um, to to some, you know, some of the responsibilities that like could have, you know, maybe panned out to be good payoffs. I don't know. Um, but that's that's really how it how it has hit me. And and I think because of that experience, I think that's why I've been so passionate about like, I think I need to, we need to talk about this more. We need to talk more about the you know, these hidden costs of entrepreneurship, these mistakes that we can make without even realizing that we're making a choice. We're going down a path that could lead to really really some dangerous places. Yeah, definitely. And then in terms of how I guess Thank you for sharing that, by the way. I just yeah. want to acknowledge that um, because I know we all have those those moments where nobody's around, right? And we're either yeah. sitting alone, maybe we're in meditation or we're just kind of in thought. And, you know, we, we, we question the direction that we're headed in or what we're working on right now. And we say, is that really where I want to be? And so yes. I think it's, it's helpful for others to know from someone who's been there and who still continues to persist that those feelings and those thoughts are normal. So thank you. Yes, um, absolutely. And thank you for saying that. Like it is normalizing. It is such an important part of the process. Mm-hmm. It is such a normal human experience. And so, yeah, it's yes. such a good point. In terms of how you've sort of grown as, as an entrepreneur and, and as a person in terms of your resiliency and even your plasticity, right? Your ability yes. to be agile and to bounce back from setbacks. What's the biggest thing you've learned um, mm-hmm. personally in, in that way? Yeah, yeah, um, man, it is such it is such a a struggle, and I think that this this is what I love about entrepreneurship is that it is such a clear. And I think this is true of the entire human experience. I think that yeah. people at at any any person who's who's living life as a um for for everything that 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 trying to be everything that they can be achieve to whatever however they define that in their life they they're always having to reinvent we're always having to reinvent ourselves but yeah. as entrepreneurs it's so much more tangible i guess because like our success and failure kind of rises rises and dies on our ability to to um Rein, reinvent ourselves so that's a lens that i use you know to think think about like resilience is that like we have to find like find ways to say okay this is a, a transition point in my life 
there's an identity that's ending and something new is is arising and being able to and this is i think some of the hardest part about it to to find fresh eyes on ourselves and this is some of what i went through in this transition as i was you know kind of burning out and then recommitting to um to my work is to see that like i i had grown as a as a person and had new skills new marketing skills new business chops that yeah. i like that changed the way I, I should be engaging with my work, but it was really hard to see that because I feel like I, I, I feel the same way as I did when I first started out you know, 10 plus years ago. So there's this, um, this part of the growth process is, is learning to, to see yourself new. And there's a, a handful of, you know, I think really practical tools that I, I would offer people around this, which is just to get people in your life who can speak truth to you to say, that's not who you are. Maybe that's who you were five, 10 years ago, or however long ago. And now you're different. And because you're different, you can take on that challenge in a new way, tackle that challenge in a new way. Um, so that's one, one place that, 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 that takes me as far as resiliency. The other place is like, I think there's a really important aspect of entrepreneurship where you have to learn how to, to, to end well, so that you can then, again, like this idea of like death and rebirth, you know, like the Phoenix rising from the ashes and some of like what was going on for me in that kind of personal crisis that I was having was like letting go of all the hopes and dreams that I had put into some of the specific endeavors that I was pursuing and letting those go and saying, this maybe isn't going to be the path, you know, it's not going to work out the way that I wanted. And I had so much hope, so much expectation, so much of my heart and soul that I put into this and to like, say like, okay, that was all good desire and it was a good effort. And just like in some ways I kind of like bless that. And then also say, I need to free myself from everything that I put in that space, into that endeavor in order to then open myself up to see what else might arise from it. And it is a very emotional, emotional process, but I think it's a really important aspect of this resiliency um, and, and plasticity is the word you use, which is such a, such a good word. We have to learn how to let go, to acknowledge acknowledge and bless and let go and in and to feel actually let yourself feel the pain of getting hit you know of taking it of, of encountering failure of of whatever however you know you you want to put words around that to feel those feelings be present with those feelings in order to let them run their course so that then you can make the space to engage deeper in whatever is coming next um, in your path and uh, i want to i want to kind of ask you a little bit of a different kind of question, um, yeah. kind of off the back of that. So, you know, for for me and for other millennials, you know, I think actually one of the things that Gary Vee often talks about, right, is having the perspective of what time is and understanding where you really are in your career and in your life. I'm still in the yeah. first inning. Yeah, um, totally. You know, and we're we're both we're both for that matter. We're both younger guys with a lot of a lot of years ahead of us. But yes. from your vantage point, with where you're at. You know, I know the holistic experience of life and of well-being is something that is core to who you are in your life, mm. you know, being fit, eating well, just yes. really optimizing your life in all, all of the important areas. Yes. Um, how, do, how have you seen lifestyle and culture shifting over the last, say, half decade or even since kind of that, this pandemic thing yeah. has been going on? And yeah. like, where, where do you think like the future of work and lifestyle is moving towards. Mm, yeah, that's a, such an interesting question. I, you know, looking back, you know, I'm I just turned forty, so I'm a you know a little bit a little bit down down the road. I'm a elder elder millennial, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I 
I, uh, what some of the many movements that, that I've seen happening, I think, and I, I see a lot of them as being really positive is that there's a lot of normalizing around the internal, the internal um, journey. Um, therapy is so much more, uh, it's so much easier to talk about going to therapy, having a therapist in your life, so much easier to talk about, um, career crises. You know, now, now we have a category for the, the quarter life crisis, the midlife crisis. We all, in some ways kind of just say like, yeah, we know this happens. People change and people change their work scenario. Um, so I see a lot of this movement. I think it's, I think it is really healthy. And I think that there's a lot more conversation around, around health. You know, even just like that uh, episode on your show about sleep that you just did um, not too long ago was just such good, such good stuff that like our parents' generation didn't necessarily have access to, right? And and so then it was you you drink you drink your coffee to wake up, you drink your cocktail to go to sleep, and yeah. and without much of knowledge of what that's actually doing to your body. Um, so I see us moving towards more health and more balance, and I think that's some of what I'm trying to invite people to with how we think about entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally agree. I love that you shared that. And then just kind of to, to close out here, um, there's a couple of ventures that I know are still are still within your uh, your your portfolio that we didn't mention. Yeah. But, um, what is your ultimate goal? Are you looking to be a portfolio company owner? Are you looking to to sell and to move on to other ventures at some point? Like, what's your ultimate goal? That is such a such a good question and such an insightful question. For me, I started my entrepreneurial journey really with an awareness that I like to have a lot of things going on. I like to have a lot of irons in the fire and it's been really fun to um, like to take that what was like side projects, building things, art projects or whatever, and kind of channel that creativity into entrepreneurship. Um, my ultimate goal is to have fun and, and, and build stuff that's helpful for people and also provides a financial future for my family. And so for some of these, like, I don't know, you know, uh, with, with you know, video snap, for example, I don't know that I'm going to own video snap forever. Maybe, maybe build it and then sell it. Maybe, you know, at some point, um, take some backing to, to grow it bigger than I can grow on my own. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but I know it's going to be a fun ride. And I think that's what I'm, I'm committed to. Um, I want to, I want to build things that help people. I want to be a, a, as much as possible, a, a light in the world, you know, to, to, I think, especially around when I think about legacy, I think of the conversation we're having about, about burnout, about changing the, the entrepreneurial narrative. I think of those things and more of my legacy projects more so than you know, video snap or the software projects. The software projects are helpful, helpful tools that um, are fun, uh, fun to build. But it's not like I'm, I don't know that I want to have you know, videosnap.io written on my gravestone, you know. But I might want to say Dan really helped people change the narrative, change the way they thought about themselves, and um, and help them find their place in the world. Like that's that's something, and I can hang that that hook, you know, hang that on the hook of the meaning movement, my podcast, you know, the the, the accelerator that I'm working on building for entrepreneurs, like th those kind of things. I can hang it on those things, but I can also put it in. Uh, uh, in this conversation, right? Like by being on podcasts, I get to be a part of, of changing that narrative. So that's some of how I think about the future. Yeah. Yeah. A great summary. I think certainly something we all aspire to. Uh, Dan, where can people go to learn more about VideoSnap to connect with you and see more about what you guys are working on? I love it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Just go to VideoSnap.io. We have a free trial. That's no credit cards. You can just get in there and try it. If you're a content creator, would love for you to, to give it a shot. Uh, I have a podcast called The Meaning Movement. That's all about entrepreneur uh, uh, life, life alignment for entrepreneurs, all the things that we've been talking about. So wherever you're listening to this, you can find that podcast. You can also find me at TheMeaningMovement.com. I've been writing a lot on LinkedIn recently. Um, so we happy to connect there 
also, I, I think I mentioned with 923, my partners with VideoSnap, um, I've recently joined their team as a product strategist. So if anyone's thinking about building software, would love to talk to you about what you're building and see if I can help. Awesome. Thank you so much. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is now on sale. You can visit my website, michaelbecker.org, to grab your copy. There's also a link in the description. And if you'd like to learn more about what me and my team at Neocore are building, you can visit our website, neocore.co. You can learn more there and join the waitlist for when we launch later this year.